I was, about three weeks ago, I was preparing a message for today. I prepared my message. And you know, sometimes your inner self talks to you a lot. And I told myself, oh, this message will only touch maybe few people. I want a message that is vibrant, that can touch the whole congregation. So I took this message, packed it, and left it. And I said, Lord, you don't understand. I want messages that touch people. I want everybody to be touched. And I left it away. And my loving brother and sister came to visit me a week ago. And while I was talking to them, I got slaps on my face from the Lord. I gave you a word to speak to my children. And you lean on your own understanding and you put it away. Take it out. I don't want your word. I want my word. After they leaving, I was grieved and I said, Lord, I'm sorry. Thank you for disciplining me before I could even come to the congregation. This word is not by accident, please. This word is for you. He brought us out and he's giving this word to you. But before we could go to the word, I'd like us to sing a song that I love very much. The song is, I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like thine can peace afford. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. Can we stand on our feet? And we have to make this as a pledge and tell the Lord, I need thee. Because without you, I can do nothing. If you are not there, somebody has to carry me. If you are not there, somebody has to brush even my teeth. I need you, Lord God.
Everyone here would have had some type of fear at some given time or moment of your life. Maybe in the past, if you look back, you will say, yes, I had this fear in me. Maybe some of you might be having a fear right now. Some of you will might say, I've never faced any fear in my life. But you will someday. At some given time, the enemy will come. It's what we do when he comes. It's what we do when he comes matters. If you are going to the doctor and you are sitting in the doctor's office and the doctor just told you we need to do some tests because there is, we, we fear there could be some complications and there is a lump or a growth that we see we need to take a test what is the first thing that comes to your mind no matter how big you are no matter you might be the leading pastor of a church also but what is the first thing that comes to your mind the moment the doctor says there is a growth we have to take a test Immediately you have different feelings of fear. Immediately you will run to God. Lord, I pray that all these tests will be negative. You will call ten people and say, Can you pray for me? They are going to take a test. Because there is a growth. And I don't know what it is. And until, and suddenly the doctor comes back to you and says, I'm sorry, we are not able to get a proper report. We need to send you to another hospital to get more tests then that whole night you will not sleep. You will be tossing and turning on your bed, waiting when it will be daybreak, waiting when the phone will ring, just so that you could hear the report as negative. The enemy puts fear into you until you get that report. At that time, the doctor is your savior. You will plead, you will fall at his feet so that you just want to hear that report. How many of us going for an exam and you know this exam will take you to the next level, maybe going to another country, maybe this is your final degree. And the moment you call your brothers and your sisters and say, can you pray for me? I need to pass this exam because I, this, this exam determines my, my future. Until that day of that result, you are praying continuously. The day the result comes, then you don't know where he is. What about the future? All of us know humanization is taking place. And suddenly in your office they declare humanization is taking place. Immediately you call your wife from the office itself. Maybe you go to the toilet and say, honey, just pray. Humanization is taking place. They have five people they have to knock out. Immediately you start to pray. You call upon God and you'll remember all the names of God now. And you will think which name has to suit the situation now. You will start turning pages of the Bible. The pages, pages that you never turned will be turned now. Your regular Bible reading will go out. You will start digging deeper because you want to find something so that you will hear good results. What about going for an interview? You need this job. You know that the company has asked you to leave. Your company has told you you have to go. 
you have one more month to be here. And you go for an interview. And you call your loving brother and say, Brother, can you stand in the gap with me? I need you to pray. We all do that. This is not just for a particular person. This is for all of us. The only thing is we have not stepped into that area as yet. We are not put to the test as yet. One day, you do not know how you are going to be tested. You will never know how. But each of us will be tested in our way. Each of us. If there is an epidemic that is going to take place in Oman, maybe the water is infected. How many of us immediately will call pastor and say, let us pray. We have to pray that this will not touch the bread of life. Let every other life go, but not the bread of life. The bread of life has to be protected. We go into, because fear grips you. Mainly, not for yourself. You say, I don't care if I die. I don't want my children to die. I've lived my life. What happens when it rains for three days in Oman? How many of us are willing to come to church itself? We are afraid. Fear is one thing. That everyone at some given time is caught. How do you handle it? Let us turn to our, the text for today. It's taken from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 6. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 6. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 6, uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with, if you have all, just mark that in your Bible. It doesn't say with some. If you have the word all, please mark it in your Bible. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your, if you have that word own, underline that, your own understanding. In all, you have the word again, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make, if you have the word your path, your, underline that word, your path straight. I've titled today's exhortation. Trust God. Trust God. This proverb actually summarizes the entire book of Proverbs. If you take the whole book of Proverbs, this one proverb sum, uh, summarizes everything. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge Him and He will direct your he will do that. So, this verse tells us, number one, what to do. Next slide. This verse tells us what to do. So, number one is trust in the Lord with all your heart. But the question is, how do I trust the Lord with all my heart? How do I do that? It is like trusting God when you are about to make a trip. You are going to, on a trip, you know what you need to do. When you are going on a trip. There are several things you need to do. You will just not, you will just not walk, get up from your bed and go to the airport. Correct? There are many things that you will do. You will just not wake up that morning and say, Honey, we are going on a trip. Where? I don't know. Bags? I don't have. Clothes? Oh, I don't have. Will you say that? There are several things that you will prepare. It is like this. Number one is, when you travel, the first thing is you need to choose a route. I know most of you have gone on uh, picnics in the last few days. What's the first thing that you will ask the person who is uh, organizing the picnic? What is the route we are going to take? And even if you have the route, you might miss it at, time, at times. The first thing is you, you'll want to know the right road. Sooner or later, it's the same principle in our life. We all have to choose and decide which road we are going to take in our life. There are some little decisions that you and I have to make at some given point of our life that will direct our destination, that will lead us to our des destination. The second part is, number one, you, you have to choose the road. Number two, you got 
to do, you have to take action. What is the action you do after choosing the road? Just, I will choose the road, but I will not travel. You will not say that. So you have to take some actions. What are the steps that you will do? Of course, you will constantly make path corrections. For example, you go, you have to take an exit, you miss the exit. What do you do? You call up your brother or your sister and say, I missed the direction. What do I do? Take path correction. So you change your path. I read a long time ago that somewhere while the Apollo was on the way to the moon, traveling at a very high speed, it says that Apollo was almost 80% off course, off track, going towards the moon. 80% of the time it was going off course. But it was said later on because they had a computer on board on the Apollo that minute by minute the computer was giving them the direction of which they had to go. If the computer had failed at any given time, they said that Apollo would have been 100,000 miles off course into dark space. So constantly, because of the computer on board, Apollo was able to reach the moon. It's the same principle in our life. You cannot just take it once and say you're going to reach the moon. You cannot reach your destination just with one Bible reading and say, I will reach my destination. You need constant correction. Constant correction from the Lord in order to, to, to go to your destination. When we decide to trust in the, trust in the Lord... It's more than just picking up our bags. It's more than that. It is constant correction we need from our God in order to meet our destination. The second point is, the first we've seen is, what this verse tells us, the second is, why should I trust in the Lord? The second point, my sister. Why should I trust in the Lord? My second point. It is so that we lean not on our own understanding. We do not lean on our own understanding. Why? Why we should trust? We need God's mind. Because God's understanding is not limited. God's understanding is not short-sighted. God is the one who created us, created the universe, and created our destination. And has created our path to that destination. So why should we trust in our own judgment and in our own instinct when we can call upon God? Why do you want to trust in your own judgment? Because you cannot see the future, but you know that God sees your future. He knows your future. He has planned your future. It's better you trust in God. It reminds me of another story involving an engineering firm that, desire, that designed to build uh, nuclear power plants. This engineering company always designed power plants. One giant power company had their plant built, and they decided to extend the power plant. And when they were about to do it, they came to realize that there was a particular wall on the power, uh, on the power plant that needed to be moved because it had to do something with the uh, reactor core. That's what the book says. There was something to do with the reactor core, so they, they were wondering how they are going to deal with this. So they called an engineering company and they explained everything to the engineering company. They said, don't worry, we will send our engineer. The next week, a man dressed in full suit walked up to the company. He said to them, can I have the blueprint of your plant? He read the blueprint. He went to the site. All that he did was he took a small piece of chalk. He walked to the area of the site and he put an X mark and he says, move that boundary wall over here. Thank you very much. The work is done. He went away. The engineering company, the power plant started to work the next week on the wall. And by the time of next week, they got a bill for 75,000 US dollars. 75,000 US dollars. And the power, uh, power plant officials were very mad at it. They were very upset that they got a bill for 75000 They called the engineering company and said, are you trying to rip us off? You came and did this, 
So for one week, there was constant uh, communication, and the public company says, can you send us a bill in detail? We want to know what is the real thing of this. And they got a bill saying, for the line that is drawn with a chalk, five cents, and expertise about where to put the mark, 74,999.95 cents. That's the expertise charges. The chalk is only five cents. Brethren, God has designed our path in life also. He is the expert. He has all the expertise. Why we do we lean on our own understanding when He knows where to put the mark? He knows when to break down a wall. He knows when to build a wall. God sees the big picture. We see the small picture, which is only in front of us. God knows when to close a door, a window, in order to open a door for you. So every time you see your window closed, Remember, it means He's getting a door open for you. Amen? Not a small hole, but a big door for you. God offers His expertise in two ways to His children. Not to the world, but to His children. Number one, God's expertise is offered to His children is through the Word of God. Nothing else. The first thing is through the teaching of the Word of God. The second, through the inner guidance of the Spirit within you and me. The expertise. Through the teaching of the Word of God and through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So, do not lean on your own understanding. Lean on God. Amen? My third point, how to trust the Lord. You finished telling us all this, Brother Claudie. But how to trust the Lord. In my third part of how to trust the Lord and to lean on God's understanding and not ours, God insists to do it only one way and no other way. And that one way is to do it 100%. All the way. All the days of your life. 100%. All the way. All the days of your life. That's what God says in all your ways. Acknowledge Him. God knows us so well that He has put that clause over there because He knows the heart of man. We begin to trust God in the beginning of our journey. But somewhere down the middle, we start to lean on our own understanding. We say, God, I know it now. I'm an expert in this. I'm an engineer. I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. I'm a teacher. I'm a scientist. I know it all. Now, can you let go of me? Can I do it by myself? My brethren, it takes only one unyielded area of your life to get yourself into big trouble with the move of God, with the plan of God. You cannot tell God, I will know, I will, I will lean 99% on you, but give me that 1% to lean on my own understanding. Can I do it on my own? And God says, no. You will mess it up. How about us today? Do we have any area of our life that is not yielded 100% to God? Maybe we have given 99. Or maybe we have given 99.99%. Are there any habits that you have that do not glorify God? Any habit that you have that is not glorifying God, that's your 1% that you are keeping for yourself. Because you want to glorify Him. You want glory to come upon yourself. Where does your strength come from? Where does your strength come from? Your strength comes from the world or from the word? Ask yourselves today. Is it from the world? The things of the world? The job? What you have, your house? Does your strength come from that? Or does it come from knowing the word of God? You have to ask yourselves that. This will disappoint us any time, but this will lift us up and guide us all the days of our life. Amen? My last point. It pays to trust the Lord. It pays to trust the Lord. The last clause of this verse says, there is a reward. 
What is the reward? He will what? Make your path straight. That is your reward. When you trust in God, your crooked path will become straight. And there is a reward. The greatest reward to know that you are walking on the right path. I remember another story that, that we read in long time back on the Reader's Digest. There was a man who walked out of his, of his uh, front door one morning. And he seen a little puppy at his front pouch, porch having a newspaper in its mouth, wagging its tail. And the man was so fascinated with this little puppy bringing his newspapers from, uh, from the entrance. So he wanted to appreciate the goodness of this little puppy. He went to the refrigerator, took a small piece of bread, gave it for the puppy, closed the door. He started to read. And he was so fascinated, he told his friends about it, that he had a great delivery service today. Puppy service, he called it. It so happened the following morning, the next day, this man was horrified to see that there were more than seven newspapers on his doorstep with one paper on his mouth, the puppy's mouth again. And he was astonished that this dog went and brought all the newspapers from the neighborhood and stood at his door. He took the whole morning to distribute those newspapers back again because they were brought from different areas because he lived in a big neighborhood, not in a tiny one that we lived in. There is definitely a reward for all of us who trust in God. It's not the kind of reward that you and I think. Our reward for trusting God is not to rely on our own strength. As we learn to yield ourselves to God gradually, He will teach us every day to take one step at a time. Amen? The problem with us is we want to take all the steps at one time. We want to run one kilometer in one minute. But God says, no, sit, take rest. I want to refresh you. I want to strengthen you. I want to encourage you. I want to mold you. I want you to be used. So take, take time. You will reach your destination of a kilometer, but take time. He is not promising a life free of pain. He is not promising that there will be no potholes or pitfalls in your life. But he does promise one thing for you and me. He says, I will give you abundant life. Amen? If you trust in me, and if you lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, if you acknowledge me, I will direct your step. And every step of the way, I will show you that I am in control. Don't take control of the steering wheel. Let me be in control. You sit on my right, and I will drive your car. Amen? Many of us, we tell the Lord, Lord, can you give me a break? I've been on this journey many times. I'm 53 years old. Can you take the side seat now? God says, my child, you won't even go one inch. The enemy will tear you apart. You will run without even clothes. Every step, we need the Lord. For some, it might be today that you need to make a commitment for the first time of your life. Time is not on your side. I want you to tell your neighbor that. Please tell your neighbor, time is not on your side. Because time is in his hand. Amen? Time is not on our side. So don't keep tell, fooling yourself and say, I will come to know this Jesus that the stupid fellow is talking about when I am grown 53. When I retire. Now I have a good job. I don't need this Jesus now. I can have Jesus later on. Now I need my mansion on earth. Because I am building another wall. Time is not on your side. There was a foolish man of the Bible who thought time was on his side. He thought he can build barns. But God says, today you are going to be taken away. So those of you who do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, time is not on your side. It's time that you wake up and say, Lord, I played for too long. I want to know you. I want to come back to you. The others, you need to renew your commitment.
you made in your life earlier. You have made a commitment to serve God, but now you are sitting on a fence and contemplating, shall I do it or not? There are enough, enough people there. Why another person? I am not good for this. I am good for that. How long are you going to sit on that bench and warm that bench? That bench is crying because your bottom is on a bench every week. Get out of that bench. We don't need to warm our seats too long. For those of you who made a commitment to serve God, and for some reason you're still sitting in the church doing nothing, you're happy. God touched you at some given time. He touched you. He gave a wake-up call in your life. You were sick for some reason. You became very sick. Doctors gave up hope. But He gave you a chance to live. And who are you living it for? For yourself still? Are you happy with yourself? It's time to recommit your life to God and say, God, I will come back to you. I will give my life to you. If, even if it's for one day, I will live that one day for you, Daddy. Still there are others. You have certain areas in your life that you are not willing to give up. You are born again. You are spirit filled. You are speaking in tongues and in many tongues you speak. There are different wrong tongues that come from your mouth. Holy tongue here, unholy tongue there. There are secret sins in us who call ourselves believers. We are still living in secret sins thinking that nobody knows. Because you are leaning on your own understanding. You think nobody knows. There is somebody who knows. You thank God or we thank God that God has not exposed our sin. If God is to expose our sin, tomorrow we do not know how many will sit on here. Because we will be ashamed of ourselves. I am not talking about big sin. I am talking about little foxes. I am talking about small foxes. Those are the dangerous places. How many of us, laziness has set in. We don't have love for His Word. To read His Word is so hard. Let one sickness come and then the Bible turns pages after pages in your life. The Bible will not even leave your lap. Even when the doctor comes to examine, Doctor, can I read my Bible first? And then you examine me? When we are touched in that area, then we cry to God and we say, I will read your word. You made a commitment to read his word, but what are you doing now since he has healed you? He has brought you forth. Are you still having that same zeal to read his word? That you hunger and thirst the first time that you get after a break. What do you do the moment you have a free time will tell you where you are. Examine your life and say, what do I do if I have two hours free time? And it will tell you whether you are in the world or in the word. Which I told earlier. Still, how many of you, you think you have done it all? You are living a life of religious activities. Like the Pharisees. Very happy coming to church every Friday. Very happy paying your tithes. Very happy singing in the choir. Very happy in Friday school. Very happy in every ministry. But somewhere deep in, in line, there is no relationship between you and your father. You are religious in your duties, but there's no relationship with you and your father. You are happy. Your family is happy. Come, we will go to, to Friday service. Everyone's happy, but there's no relationship. It's just a, a religious activity you do week after week, and we say we are born again. Today, God is warning us we have seen all the areas. Remember, I want to close. Our obedience prepares us to receive and enjoy what God has planned for us. Amen? It is our obedience. Are we obedient? I want to close. 
I want to emphasize on what I just now spoke once again, so that you, you will hear it twice, what has been spoken. Number one, to receive God's guidance in our life, number one, we must lean not on our own, but we must lean on, learn God's truth, number one. We must learn God's truth. To receive God's guidance, we must learn God's truth. For Him to direct our path, we must obey God's will. Learn His truth. Number two, obey His will. And how do we trust God from today? All the way. 100%. 100%, not 99. Please, if you are 99 righteous, 99% righteous, still you are a sinner. There's no 99.9. There's no ratio as that. Last. What does this all benefit me? God says, my child, I will reward you by making every crooked path straight for you. Every crooked path. The journey that you are going to travel now. The places that you are going to go very soon. I will make those paths straight for you, even though you fear it. Even though you fear it. I will change those paths. I will remove every thorn of your journey. And I will lay it with flowers so that you know why I use the word flowers is you'll get his fragments around, it, around yourself. You'll know that the presence of God is with you. His aroma will be there by your side because he says, I will neither leave you nor I will forsake you. Amen? My brothers and sisters, many of you are trusting God for some type of healing. I do not know. I am not God. But he knows there is somebody, either you are praying for yourself or you are standing in the gap for somebody in your family and you are waiting on, on the Lord for a long time. Try, Lord, to lean on your own understanding. But say, God, I know you are the author and the finisher of my life. I will stand in the gap for this person who is sick. And number two, many of you, not some, I remember the last week, I think one of our uh, leaders was who was leading you, I think it was uh, Pastor Sean, who last Thursday, uh, Saturday, when we had the intercession, how many of us have loved ones who have not saved? Can we do that right now? How many of you have loved ones in your family that is not saved? Can you just put up your hand? I have both my hands. All your family members are saved. Everyone. Your, your relation. So we all have somebody, Correct. Today is the day we can stand in the gap and say, Lord, I know that you will hear my cry today. Amen? I'm not going to lean on my own understanding that I have to go preach the gospel, but I will lean on you because I know you will send the words forth for them. Amen? You may not be able to go, but God will send forth his word for your family members and they will be set free. How many of you are having job problems? You, look, you, are, you are about to lose your job. Or you have already been told, it's time you have to go. How many of you are waiting for a promotion? And you are planning all these things in your own mind. That you plan to do this, that, that. Those things are good. But you need to seek God first. And say, Lord, I will seek you first. And then I will do those things. Because I don't want to sit idle. God says, don't lean on your own understanding. I will make that job come for you. And if, even if it's that, not that job, I will go before, before you all the days of your life. Amen? New assignments, new beginnings. There are many people who are moving. God says, don't be afraid. I will go before you. I went before Abraham. I went before Isaac. I went before Jacob. I went before David. Even though David ran, I was with David. So I will be with you. Amen? Every crooked path of yours I am going to make straight. Because you have put your trust in me and not in man. Marriages. You have been married for a long time and you are asking God. I see week after week there are, there are testimonies going on here. When is my turn going to come? Don't try supernatural, uh, super, uh, super tricks with your wife, please. Just go to God and say, wife, come, let us kneel down before him. Let us seek his face. We will cry before the maker of heaven and earth. If he gave to those brothers, he will give to us also. He is a God who will supply our, 
all our needs. Go to the Lord. Don't lean on your own understanding. Maybe doctors have said, yes, it's true. I will not deny it. But we have a physician above. Amen. He can open. There's nothing difficult for God. Nothing is difficult. I stand here as a testimony to that. Somebody said, I will not walk. I'm standing here. It took 15 years. I thank God. He used doctors. I asked the doctor, doctor, what guarantee I have? He says, I give you no guarantee. I only do the operation. It is God who heals. I said, doctor, I'm coming to you. I said, doctor, I'm coming to you. Because that doctor believed in my God. He believed in our God. I will do the operation, but only God brings healing to your body, he says, Claudie. I'm standing here as a living testimony. I walked the path that I've just spoken about. I leaned on my own understanding at one given time. I have failed. And I failed miserably. Because I went in my own understanding. I went to foreign lands. He brought me back to the same place where I went. And he says, go. That's where I want you to be. I want to challenge you today. He is the same God. He has never changed. Amen? Many of you, before I close, are struggling because you are so scared of your children's future. You see your children do crazy things, which you even can't believe because you have never done those things and you even never thought. Don't fear your children's future. Leave them in the hands of God. Our God knows the best for our children. Don't, 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 don't put chains around them. Don't shackle them. Let them free. God knows when to touch them. Did not He touch you and me? He touched me at the age of 30 and brought me here. I thank God for that. Don't put chains around your children's neck and drag them. Set them free. Set them in God's presence and say, God, you gave them. Here's my son. Here's my daughter. You take control. Maybe I'm not able to do it with my own strength. You take over, Daddy. And he will take control of your child or your son or your daughter. Amen? Amen? I want to close. As we call upon the leaders to come forward, I want to ask you, if there is today of what the word has been spoken to you, come forward and tell the Lord, Lord, as the man of God lays his hands upon my head and prays for me, I know you will supply every need of mine. Amen? Don't lean on your own understanding. You have, leaned, you have leaned on your own understanding for too long. Come to the altar. Come to the altar today. No matter what be your situation. If it is a healing need, come. If it's a decision that you want to make in your life, come. If there is a problem in your family, come. No matter what, come just as you are. And our God will supply. Call the choir quickly, please. Don't keep what is supposed to be done today for tomorrow. Do not let it be for tomorrow because tomorrow will be too late. There are many hours from now till tomorrow. Whatever be your need, I call upon the elders and the leaders and the pastoral team to come. Come church, whatever be your need, bring it to the, bring it to the table of the Lord and say, Lord, I bring my need today. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding anymore. I am going to surrender everything to you. Whether it's my children, whether it's my future, whether it's my, my job, I will come to you. Amen. You can come forward. You can come forward. And the pastor's team is going to pray. Come in faith. Those of you who are having job problems with your job, come. Come to the Lord. You are struggling with your emotions. You're having bad dreams every night. Every night you wake up with bad dreams. Come and let the men of God lay their hands. There is some type of pain in your body constantly. And you want relief from those pains.
difficult. You have been praying for it for a long time. And all you got was negative results. Come today. Come as a family to the table of God. Come as a family and say we will go as a family to the house of God. Lord, with all your heart, 
the spring of all my comfort, more than life to How many believe that God never failed? Then go ahead and put your hands together for Him. God will serve a God that never fails. 
Hallelujah. You know that the song, even about the time, it's like as you sing the song that says, Jesus never fails. The men of the world may fail you. Your boss may fail you. Even your certificate may fail you. <laughs> but Jesus never fails. So I want you to go with that understanding this evening. Trust in the Lord is all about you behave to God like a little child. You know, your son does not need to think twice. If your son said, Daddy, I need aeroplane, it means that is what he wants. And he believes that he can buy aeroplane. <laughs> and the God call you and high is what? His children. So let us put our trust in him. He said, with God, all things are possible. So why do we struggle to trust him? Let us put everything on him. You just continue to serve him faithfully, as the man of God has said, and leave your issue with him, and see how he will turn it around. Like you, fathers, you do everything to satisfy the need of your children. Is that not? Your father, if you truly trust him, and you don't trust in your riches, you don't trust in your money, you don't trust in your certificate, you don't trust in whatsoever, just put your trust in him and serve him. Come and see how he's going to embarrass you. How he's going to surprise you. Like we fathers love to surprise our children. And I'm sure the Lord will do beyond your expectations as to trust him totally in the name of Jesus. Let us pray. Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for tonight. Indeed, you have done wondrous things in our midst. He said, any one of you that would trust God like this little child is the greatest in the kingdom. That was your admonition to your disciples. Lord, we want to be your true child. Your very little child in trusting you. Lord, the grace will truly trust you. Not with part of our life. Say, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Lord, the grace to put our total trust in you. In all areas of our life, we receive that grace afresh in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, blessed Redeemer. They that trust in you, you don't put them to shame. We know we shall not be put to shame in Jesus' name. Every expectation in the heart of your children. That they are stable before you tonight. Lord, I command a speedy manifestation in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. As we go, let your presence go with us. When we come back on Thursday for the vigil night, as we cross over to the month of August, Lord, we shall come with testimony in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Before we share the grace, let me tell you just a, a small secret about the vigil. By God's grace, it's going to be a unique vigil because we are going to be crossing over to the month of August during that vigil. So do you prefer to cross over to the new month on your bed? Or you prefer to cross over where? In the house of God. The choice is yours. The vigil is this coming Thursday, 10.30. Please make sure you are here. Cross over to that month. And you come and tell me how God is going to do beyond your expectation in the month of August. Please, do yourself a favor. Be in God's presence this coming Thursday. We are going to be having it in the old hall. And the Lord bless you as you come in Jesus' name. The grace to get a fellowship, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest and abide with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Abundant and grace. 
Go in peace in Jesus' name.